Hello from the BBC. I'm Alexander Griffiths with an update on the war in Ukraine. Ukraine's Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba has been attending a meeting of his NATO counterparts in Brussels to ask for more help in his country's war with Russia. He said the speedy provision of weapons would save lives. I call on all allies to put aside their hesitations, their reluctance, to uh, provide Ukraine with everything it needs. Because as weird as it may sound, but today weapons serve the purpose of peace. Our world affairs correspondent Paul Adams reports. Ukraine's foreign minister said his country's needs were simple. Weapons, weapons and weapons. The more we get, Dmitry Kuleba said, the more human lives will be saved. And with the nature and scope of the war in Ukraine shifting, more weapons are on the way. NATO isn't responsible for sending them, but the headquarters in Brussels is where many of the conversations about Ukraine's military needs are happening. The NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg said that it would address the need for more air defence systems and anti-tank weapons. Mr Stoltenberg said NATO has been supplying assistance for some time already. The support we have provided is proving its importance on the battleground every day. We can see all the uh, Russian armor that has been destroyed. We have seen Russian planes being shot down. And of course, this is first and foremost because of the bravery, the commitment uh, and the courage of the Ukrainian armed forces. Foreign ministers from the G7 group of advanced economies are also meeting. They say the war in Ukraine is having massive consequences on global commodity and food prices and dismissed as a blatant lie claims made by Russia that the rises were caused by Western sanctions. Meanwhile, in Ukraine itself, Russian forces have pulled back from areas around the capital Kiev and further to the north and are concentrating on their objectives in the east and south. As that happens, evidence is mounting of war crimes against civilians in towns and villages that were occupied by Russian forces. The BBC's Jeremy Bowen has this report from northwest of Kiev. Just to explain where we are, we're in Ternihivka village. It's a pretty desolate crossroads here. Military emplacements, which the young man Bogdan we're talking to says were built by the Russians. Some burnt-out armoured vehicles that have been hit. He says he was kept here as a captive for 15 days. Kept out of doors for 15 days? I mean, but it's, it's soaking here. It's muddy, it's a bog. Well, you must have been freezing cold and wet. It was really freezing. I could feel my feet only in the afternoon. The BBC also heard allegations Russian soldiers had used civilians as human shields. At the same crossroads, Ukrainian soldiers pointed down the road to the next village, Obukovici, where they said the Russians had used civilians as human shields. OK, what, what can I ask? When we got to the village, everyone wanted to talk about the Russians. We have been in this village for a couple of hours. We've done lots of interviews, practically everybody we've met. They're all saying the same thing, that the Russians, when they were under attack here, went door to door and they rounded up families at night at gunpoint and they marched them down the road into the village school and they put them in here and they were held as human shields because the Ukrainians were on the attack. Russia denies allegations of war crimes. Here's our Russia editor, Steve Rosenberg. What Russia is doing is creating an alternative reality. What Russia says is there is no war going on in Ukraine. 
there is this special military operation. Russia is presenting itself uh, not as the aggressor, but says it is defending Russian speakers. It is liberating Ukrainians. Some Ukrainian troops have also been accused of committing war crimes. Ukraine says any claims of atrocities by its side will be investigated. And Ukraine has again accused its neighbour Hungary of helping President Putin continue his aggression against Ukraine. Danny Eberhard reports. Ukraine's relations with Hungary, frequently strained, are deteriorating fast. Hungary's recently re-elected Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, has always cultivated close relations with Vladimir Putin, far too close for Kyiv. Hungary has backed EU sanctions thus far and has welcomed many Ukrainian refugees. But Mr Orban has refused requests to supply Kyiv with weapons and opposes calls for an embargo on oil and gas. Those are the latest developments on day 43 of Russia's invasion. I'm Alexander Griffiths at the BBC.